Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp. It's Fightful.com. It is September 10th, 2021, and we are here to talk WWE SmackDown from MSG. An unbelievable show. And we got AEW Rampage. I was actually in the building as they taped this. But we got Kate back. It's the A-team here on Fridays again. No, no more of this, this replacement BS for at least like a couple months, I think. But... We're back, Kate. We're back. We Everybody's safe. Back. And to put you over, you're going to be back for a long, 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 long time. Congratulations on a very Thank exciting you. announcement that is not like a wrestler's contract news. This is your contract <laughs> news, and you're going to be at Fightful yeah. for a long time. And you hired me, so I'm yeah. real excited about that. Uh, what more congratulations <laughs> do I need than the fact that I, you're working with me? I mean, come on. Come Stop. on. Thank you. I'll talk uh, more about this at the end of the show, guys. But thank you. A lot of you had a lot of very nice things to say. But uh, I did announce today uh, my current deal with Fightful is being replaced by an eight-year contract. So I'm hanging around with Fightful uh, at least through the end of the 2020s. And I'm very excited for it. I really, really love uh, getting to hang out with you guys. So uh, keep hanging out with us, whether it be here, Fightful Select, or Fightful Mag. And you know what? I don't have the overlay right now, but by God, you all can head over to FightfulMag.com. Check out our cover story, which is CM Punk. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's kind of a big one. We've got the Thunder Rosa wave about how she's kind of taking over wrestling, doing things in and out of the ring that are very special. Uh, John Cena's WWE return. We've got Cody Deaner. Impact Wrestling's own uh, talking about his 20-year career and about how he has stayed fresh over that time. We've got an excellent feature on Brian Lee, a guy who I've tried to track down multiple times. You'll know him as the fake Undertaker, as primetime Brian Lee, as Chains. We've got part four of our interview with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, a look back at the Thunderdome. Uh, we've even got something on Fire Pro Wrestling. Where are they now? The Steiner Brothers and a look at, at boxing circus fights. And uh, let me tell you, it's not just FightfulMag.com 
where you can hear about these circus boxing fights because this Saturday, Fightful Fight Night is back. And myself, Rob Wilkins, uh, I believe Doug's joining us, and Steven Jensen are watching this Vitor Belfort versus Evander Holyfield fight. We're also going to watch Anderson Silva punch Tito Ortiz's big-ass head repeatedly. I'm excited for it, but I'm excited that you guys are here. Leave us a thumbs up. Subscribe if you're on YouTube.com slash Fightful. Donate to Super Chat to get your question or statement right on the air, but please leave your thumbs up. We've already got some Super Chats in, Kate. We've got Emily Cease for the ruckus saying, here's a Super Chat for Kate's bangs only. They look great. They <laughs> really do. You. Thank you. I got on board with the Gen Z mullet train, so oh my about gosh. time. Yeah. <laughs> Van Twin Blade said, Bully Denise, she didn't know who Tootie Lynn Ramsey was. Well, I don't know if she watched Empower. So um, somebody asked if I can unblock them on Twitter. No, if I blocked you, you were either one of three things. You were a jerk to me. You were a jerk to a wrestler that I had tagged in a tweet. Or you bitched about a paywall. It cost you zero dollars to, uh, to not do any of those things. So no, I will not. But Emily Cease, also for the ruckus, says... Can't believe I have to say this in 2021, but women's wrestling deserves better. So much for a women's revolution. As good as tonight's SmackDown was, we did report on FightfulSelect.com tonight, Kate, that Tony Storm and Liv Morgan against Carmella and Zelina was cut from this show. Uh, I know Zelina doesn't think too much of me, but I think it was kind of fucking brutal. Pardon my language. I'm trying not to curse on the show. That given where Zelina is from, her history, the date, all that stuff that her match was cut from the show. Um, tell me how you feel about this. I mean, I feel you're a little more qualified to speak on this subject than I. Well, first of all, I'm glad that you clarified you're trying to swear less on the show because I have a mouth like a sailor, so we'll start with that. I'm trying. But, uh, trying. Yeah, today was a big Kate complains about women's wrestling on Twitter day. Uh, this is... Not only egregious that this got cut from the show and considering the location and all of the things that you said, but this is like the third week in a row, I think, without a women's match on SmackDown. Oh, and wow. it just feels like very Divas era because they're talking a lot and they're romantic a lot, but they're not actually wrestling. So when we got to AEW Rampage, that was a nice palate cleanser. But my goodness, like this has been over and over and over again. There's really no excuse for it when you don't have that many women that you can't even get one match in. Like, this has been really brutal. I think overall the booking has been questionable, especially on the babyface side. So I think they're running into issues like that. Sure. But, like, it's it's inexcusable across the board. And, I mean, Zelina's just seemingly been punished since she got back. Like, I just don't... I don't think she's won a match yet, has she? No, I don't think she's won a match... That since last summer, maybe. Oh my gosh, brutal. that's that's very brutal. And uh, podcast Wiz twenty ten says, given they were in New York in the eve of nine eleven, I'm super bummed Zelina wasn't on the show. What are your memories of nine eleven? Um, of all things, I was sitting in journalism class is in high school, and uh, man, that it happened. And then for the rest of the morning, that's we, our classes weren't happening as they were. Our, our televisions were on and um, that was pretty much it. They, they had televisions on throughout that day and they were trying their best to explain to us, our teachers, what was going on, but they, they didn't even really know. Uh, Kate, any, any memories from you? Similar. Like I was in a double period of earth science. I remember that. Um, but I am from upstate New York and I 
went to the city tons and tons as a kid, as an adult, um, definitely in high school. I'm a Yankee-obsessed lady, so I was constantly going to Yankee games and stuff. It was very uh, rattling and confusing, and I just remember being in a ton of pain. And my sister actually went to acting school in New York that October, I think. And you could still, there was still smoke. There was still, like, you could still smell basically all of downtown from where she was uptown. I also went to the World Series that year in 01 to see my Yankees. Uh, very brutal and emotional. And um, it, it was much longer than a day. And I think we're still seeing that now. So, but yeah, where I was was also also in high school class. And I think we went home early. Well, uh, I definitely encourage people to check out WWE's documentary they made available on YouTube. It was also very good. Ryan says, can Tate, Kate talk about the women's matches on SmackDown? Yep, there you go. She just talked about it. Right there, right there. And that, that amount of time that I asked and said that, there you go. <laughs> she so, talked about That's it. my hot take. <laughs> yes. You're going to so get canceled for this. You're so, you've crossed Here's my the line. hot take. They should have them. Yes. Just throw that out there. Matt Reichel says, acknowledging queen of the table, Kate Hensler, and the new boss man, Sean Ross Sapp. Congrats, Sean. Hot edition of SmackDown, but no women's matches. I mean, when that even is something that is a talking point out of this show, which I think is maybe the best WWE TV show of the year, that says something. Kate and Sean. Con! <laughs> so I've oh got Kalix, and then people were calling Robert and I Kebab, which was just fantastic. Hannah M. says... Boo, you are actually, she says, Kate, you look amazing, Twinny. Thank you. How sweet. How she sweet. She looks better than I do, and she posts Call more it. about it, so I'm just saying. She's, a, she's such a great moderator. Uh, Van Twinblade says, give us the puppet, Kate. And Ryan Sullivan asks if I can block Kate on Twitter. No, I adore <laughs> Kate. I'm not blocking her on Twitter. She's very funny. Thank you. And Ryan is my Mark Order podcast host, so he's trolling, and I don't of course, appreciate it. Of course. And Colin <laughs> says, we look like hipster Pokemon evolutions of Sub-Zero. I'm wearing a Magic Spoon shirt. I mean, it has no business being this comfortable. I'm wearing a New Japan shirt, but we are both in SmackDown Blue, Sean. That's true. And Dole Whips and Mickey Barr says, Kate, let's go Mets. Let's not. The Reds won tonight, so let's talk about that. But actually, let's talk about this opening segment. Holy crapping ball sacks this opening segment was one of the most entertaining things i've seen in pro wrestling period kate this was really good for weeks we've been like what's going on with paul Heyman? what's up uh the bloodline comes out they talk a little bit and brock lesnar shows up and brock lesnar's in flannel with his new hair and all this stuff redneck alex hammerstone is what i keep saying oh, it looks awesome it looks awesome. Um, so he walks up to Paul Heyman and he says, why didn't you tell Roman Reigns I was going to be at SummerSlam? And this MSG crowd was white hot, Kate. This was the beginning of an incredible segment. Tell me your thoughts on this because eventually Rome or Brock procures a title match after Reigns like dejectedly walks off and when Heyman's about to get f 5 Roman makes the save. This was amazing stuff. Yeah, I don't think it's been a secret that the Roman storyline has been 
the best thing that they've done over yeah. the past year and a half or so. And that trend just continued tonight. We did get a lot a lot, a lot of this storyline. Yes. We came back to it a few times, but as far as an opening segment goes, to do this in MSG, I thought was so smart, and to open with it was really, really smart because I think everybody was just set up for the night. I love this. I am so sick of rematches, uh, but this is a different Roman and a different Brock, and Heyman being the glue to hold this all together has been absolutely fantastic. It doesn't feel rematchy so far, I'm nervous it's going to be a very similar type match. That still makes sure. me a little nervous, but overall, what a way to open the show. And I've I've loved the one foot and funny and one foot and serious that Heyman's had this whole time. I think it's been so great. All the backstage stuff with Kayla where she's just getting so annoyed at her has been very funny. Last week when we had uh, Brock's theme music be his ringtone for him yeah absolutely killed me but then like boom Sirius has a heart attack too so I really really have appreciated how dynamic the storytelling has been and I'm excited for like a face Brock versus a heel Roman and and all the work that Paul Heyman has been doing it's almost like they should give Paul Heyman more creative control oh my gosh and I mean he has a hand in everything that that he or you know those those people are part of but this was so masterful, like the facial expressions, the Usos being there and Ray and Lesnar just being like, whatever, them throwing super kicks at him and then him powering through. He looked like 25 year old Brock Lesnar again, throwing those that double clothesline. Alicia Ellis says, I remember before Brock's music hit at SummerSlam that Heyman was looking down and looking guilty. Af- oh, my God, I hadn't even really thought of that. I'm going to have to go back and, and rewatch that still. This was such an amazing segment. So amazing. And then backstage, we see Paul Heyman walking around, and Big E will pop up, and he's laughing. And that I, I love it. I think right now, so many things are going on with Paul Heyman that it isn't getting redundant yet that Big E still comes up and trolls. I know that, that WD could probably lean it that way, but to me, he's got to deal with Kayla. He's got to deal with Brock. He's got to deal with Roman. He's got to deal with... Finn Balor running around. So when Big E just pops up out of the middle of nowhere, I'm still like, oh, damn. And and the mini feud with Kayla Braxton, I'm digging it. I love it, too. This is how you know it's really good. We didn't start with AEW Rampage tonight. We actually started with SmackDown, which we have had yet to do. Absolutely so into everything that's happened here. I can't remember who said it. It might have been Alex. (laughs) Might have been somebody random on Twitter. But they think that this is headed the direction of uh, that Heyman maybe wasn't like so sure that Reigns could get it done against Cena. And I love where that possibility could be going with this. Like that he needed to make sure that he had backup for that. So I think that could be a super interesting angle here. But this is like the only time where I think let it play out might be getting rewarded a little bit more. Yeah. And I mean, this the way that this story is playing out, like, Roman now has an attitude. He's got the Usos. Paul Heyman is more interesting. Brock Lesnar has been gone for a year and a half. All of this is the most interesting aspect of of these two feuding that I've ever seen. Bezos says, when Brock asked Heyman about SummerSlam, it was a wave of, oh shit, and then you effed up, just took over the crowd. We could not stay in our seats. They muted it on Fox because 
It was so loud. This crowd was so, so good. Nobody got piped in tonight. Also, I'm so glad no. we have someone in the chat who was there. That's really fun. Yes. That's awesome. Ryan Evans says, tonight is so what's so infuriating about WWE. Capable of putting on a great TV like this every week on both shows. And I mean, as I mentioned, a lot of people got cut from this show. Not everybody has to be on every show. I think AEW has shown that very, very yeah. well. And that's what the brand split is about because you don't have to have everybody on each show. You don't even have to have everybody on each one of the brand split shows either. Um, so I hope that they learn to stack these accordingly because tonight was a lot of fun, a yeah. whole lot of fun. And, and I uh, think what happened on Sunday might have had something to do with it. Like course. as much as they want to pretend it's not competition or that they're okay with just taking Peacock money and not putting on a good product – that gets you scared when somebody pops a 1.3 million rating all of the sudden starts looking a little bit different. Maybe you should start to give a crap. So that is good. Competition is supposed to do that. Bezos says, I was at SmackDown tonight for my 19th birthday and I've never had so much fun in my life. Uh, you'll be saying my name for a super chat a lot tonight because, boy, I love this show. Well, happy birthday, Bezo. And I'm, I'm glad that on your birthday you got to go to one of the hottest shows, one of the best WWE shows that I've seen in recent memory. That was incredible. Beard says the dynamic between Kayla and Heyman is starting to become great. Something much needed in WWE, similar to that between Okerlund and Heenan. I love that that she's like being the pesky journalist, the pesky reporter, always being there. I mean, I, obviously that's how they view them. So go all in on it and just just go there. I think she's doing really well because she all she's got to do is be there, Kate. Yeah, and this she kind of just comes up out of nowhere, which is really fun, and it's always. Heyman always just sells it off like it's a bad time. Like, yeah. I, I love that. I'm just like, now's not the time, Kayla. And of course, it's never the time. But I just love the way he handles it. He's like, I can't be dealing with you now. I've got this and I have this and I have this going on. It's so much fun. And it's like a little relief in what, again, has been like a very serious Roman Reigns for 18 yeah. months and with Brock. Plus, I mean, Kayla's going to talk to everybody. She's friends with everybody, regardless of political affiliation. So that is I mean, very we, we learned that on Twitter last week. We sure did. God bless Kayla. Oh, boy. Let me tell you about one of my favorite things that happened in wrestling. Like, ever. You got Nakamura, Rick Boogs, Big E, the Mysterios against Apollo Crews, Sami Zayn, Otis, and the Dirty Dogs. Now, all due respect to those very talented people, none of that shit matters. None no. of it. Yeah. Sami Zayn is out there in a Kevin Knox jersey. Now, listen, I love Kevin Knox. I am a University of Kentucky fan. So anybody that, that went here, except for basically Daniel Orton, we love forever. We just do. He was great. Uh, but he averages three points a game. And <laughs> Sami Zayn is wearing his jersey. And I love that. And he's also wearing pajamas. By the way, guys, subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. We have a bit of a contract update on Sami Zayn over there, in addition to tons of other exclusive news and seven weekly podcasts. I did a live Q&A today. Subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. We became the first wrestling platform or wrestling product on the platform of Patreon at 4,000 subscribers. Thank you all. And then but, we'll subscribe, but no big deal. So, <laughs> Sami Zayn is cutting this promo in Madison Square Garden, New York City, home of the Knicks, and says, 
I've got somebody here that knows a little bit about winning in Madison Square Garden, and he brings out Trey Young. Oh, my God. Now, Kate, are you a basketball fan? Were you aware of Trey Young? I'm I'm not hip to what you're hip to. Yeah, so I'm... I don't follow the NBA super closely. I watch the playoffs every year and I say I'm going to watch the entire season the next year. And then I only watch the playoffs. That's just the thing I've done for the past five years or so. Very aware of Trey Young. Very aware of his contributions to Madison Square Garden's history, as Sam Hussein would like you to believe. And boy, oh boy, did he get as much heel as any heel (laughs) to be in New York in like the past decade. I loved this. You completely skipped over Sammy Zane's I Love New York. Jamie Jams. Oh, he, I said like, he was wearing Jamie Jams. Oh, I just didn't okay. say they were I Love New York. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I'm going to buy them for you at Arthur Ashe as a congratulations gift. Oh, I love it. Uh, for your extension today. <laughs> but um, yeah, this was, this version of Sammy Zane has just been fantastic. And it's so great because it's, always silly but it's like eight different breeds of silly and tonight was just a very very fun heel move did not care a ton about the match when Trey Young came out um but but super fun and like a good match for all intents and purposes but this kicks the crap out of like any of the Paul brothers showing up this was so much fun so for those who don't know Trey Young is an an outstanding young all-star point guard in the NBA and he and the Atlanta Hawks put away the New York Knicks in the opening round of the uh, of the playoffs this year. Uh, and in the Garden specifically, Trey Young averaged I think it was like thirty three points per game, and that's a lot of points. Um, he was killing them even in, even in the the clinching game where he shot like ass. He still dropped like thirty six on him. So. <laughs> I love that he was there and he healed out and he choked Rey Mysterio. He just embraced it. I love this. I love that people are willing to to uh, get in on this. And that's so fun. Like, I would love to see who pitched this. But I saw Kazim Day on Twitter, a former WWE writer, like teasing this before it happened. And like, I so badly want to find out who pitched this and send them a fruit basket. This was masterful. Yeah, I love just about everything about this. I don't need it every week, but like this is Madison Square Garden. It felt organic. It felt perfectly done. I think that's why I liked it better than the Paul brother. I think it was, which Logan, is that Logan? I'm terrible. Yes. Logan Paul. Like that felt so forced, but like here you're in the garden. You have a guy that did damage in the garden all day, all day. Bring that up. And he did so well with it to your point. He came in and he choked Mysterio. Like, what are you doing? amazing so i really like that and i complain a lot about their usage of celebrities that's turned lately between pat mcafee what they did with bad bunny at mania this like for the most part they've they've done really well over the past like two years maybe not so much gronk because he was just like dancing and being weird but overall they've they've really turned a corner with how they use celebrity talent Cliff Beard says, what a great women's match on SmackDown tonight. Oh, Oh, wait, there wasn't any. They could have replaced the 10-man tag for the women's match. Well, I think for what happened with Trey Young, it should should have been there, but they could have timed a lot of other stuff better. Yeah. Asian Joe says, they found time to get Trey Young on TV, but not a women's match. This company, also go Knicks. 
I mean, I'm sorry. Like, I, I think the women should be on TV, but also Trey Young should have absolutely been on TV. That was a great moment. Yeah, but he it said was, go Knicks. So, he yeah, has, so like, he's got heat, you know. I'm, I'm a Raptors fan. <laughs> Bezo Banks says, as soon as I, or when I tell you, as soon as Trey came out, the entire crowd just went boo and chanted that he was balding. Oh, no. <laughs> Well, speaking speaking of balding, John Cena was not on this show, but he did the dark match. Why isn't he on this show? Why doesn't he hit Trey Young with an attitude adjustment or something? And then the crowd who will chant Cena sucks on his way out will cheer him as he leaves. John Cena is there. I don't care if he lost at SummerSlam. I don't care if there's no direction. I don't care if there's no plan. He's there. Put him on TV. Like... Let him do a Cena promo. Let him do a a classic, like, oh, we've got the boys and girls in the back. Like, all the cheesy crap that CM Punk fans like me hate. He's really good at, though. So have him go down and do that. Put him somewhere. You should be able to put women on your show and John Cena on your show. That's not like rocket science. Darian Pittman says, shout out to Kazim. He's my supervisor at the Source Magazine during my internship about 10 Aww. years ago. A good dude. He is a great dude. He is uh, he's wonderful. A, a very good top-of-the-line guy. Bezos says, for those who asked, it was called Super Show because Raw stars were our dark matches. Rhea and Charlotte opened. McIntyre and Corbin closed before Bloodline versus Cena and Mysterios. I hope like they should make some of those available like on the network on Peacock. Like I think they should just do that, film that stuff. Yeah, we like, got some. Cena. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Anthony Velasquez says, "I love when Roman snatches title out of Heyman ha- Heyman's hands when Brock said Heyman knew it was at SummerSlam. It's the little things. Like I bet that was something that Heyman pitched. It sounds like it for oh, yeah. sure. Heyman handbook right there. <laughs> ACS Pod says." I'm hopeful WWE have turned the corner with this show tonight. However, my fear is that this is like the Raw After Mania show and nothing actually changes. Me too. Me too. I mean, and even on this show, they did a rematch, but it was a good rematch. It's one that mattered. And let's talk about it. Edge versus Seth Rollins. Edge with that pink and black gear. I'm all for it. This was a contrast to their other match, Kate, because the body of it, where the SummerSlam match was a best of their own moves, this one was like a best of each other's moves and their history. Like Seth did a bad glam slam, then a good one. Edge <laughs> did a Triple H pedigree to Rollins. And then this match ends when Rollins just repeatedly super kicks Edge and stomps him. And backstage, Seth Rollins is like, I don't, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel. I don't know how I should feel about this. Like very clear he may have ended edge's career within the context of this this match was white hot this match is also probably why the women's match got cut um given given that weighing of things how are you feeling about this segment in totality so i was not excited for this rematch because i am sick of rematches and i didn't like that last week we used a non-finish with Cesaro, it, who we'd wh- already seen, to get here. So last so, week to, I was... Sorry to interrupt, but like my line of thinking, I, I didn't get to watch SmackDown until yesterday. So when I see this, I'm like, okay, first off, why him and Cesaro again? And also, if Rollins is going to kick the shit out of Cesaro so bad, pardon my language, I'm trying to stop cursing, 
why didn't he just beat him and do that? Like, is that going to hurt Cesaro at all? Probably not. To have basically one rematch, a no finish, and to set up another rematch, I thought was like peak WWE. I talked about that last week. But this match was fantastic. Like, the storytelling in it, like you said, was completely different than their first match, which is kind of all that I really need in a rematch. I just need it to feel warranted and for it to make sense. I just like things to make sense in my wrestling universe. That's not that much to ask. So the storytelling that they gave, even though the build back to this I didn't really love, I thought was amazing. The countering with each other's finishes was so great. Um, I I really liked this. It was very long. I feel like they could have chopped it down a little bit and had a women's match. But I do think uh, for a match that I was not excited about this way over delivered way, way, way beyond my expectations. I thought this was maybe edges best match other than the WrestleMania triple threat, which I think was a lot to do with who was involved since he's come back. Like I, I thought this was just from front to back really good. It was just very long and I don't need a rubber match. I don't need a third one. I don't need any of that. I think Seth Rollins can take this like weird feeling he had about what he just did to Edge and move on. I don't think they're going to move on, but that's what I would like. Let it go, people. That's all. (laughs) I'm fascinated with what's going to happen with Rollins next. I have no idea where this is going. And I really, I'm really interested in that. Uh, El Rey Velez. They do either. Yeah. Elroy Velez says, loved Edge's gear, and I love the match. Rollins is also great. That gear was hot. That ruled. Uh, Cliff Beard says, Becky was going full Rollins tonight. I like how Becky did a segment to lead into a Seth match. Also, a great shout by Edge to join the Hart Foundation. Well, let's talk about Bianca and Becky. Um, I don't like all you people promos. I really, really don't. Um, Because like her saying, blaming the audience and all this, they tried to have her do that through three years ago. And the crowd was like, no, (laughs) no. And the crowd cheered her when she came back. Yeah. Like Zach Barber says the you people promo was awful. Everyone knows that's not who she is. The promo was so inauthentic. It's not funny. And JB says, Becky looks like she's trying to be a Hollywood superstar type character. If anyone that's Sasha's character, the man with the tank top and the shorts, it was simple. It's badass. That's the man I miss. Well, let me tell you, it was almost Becky Lynch. And that's all I can say about that. Becky Lynch almost was Hollywood. um, And that unfortunately fell through. But what did you think of this promo? This was very much like Becky saying, I came back. I left my baby for you people. And I did enjoy her saying things to Bianca like, oh, you can go out there and be with the fans. Uh, and be happy to be here because I just got sent a video of Bianca and Montez in the actual fan car park area talking to fans at MSG after the show. So I like that she's playing that up after the show, off the clock, on her own time. Uh, bless Bianca Belair for being so friggin' talented. Yeah. But how did you feel about this promo leading up to a match that a lot of people want to see? I think... I I didn't hate it as much as a lot of people. I also am sick of you people. If I could get rid of one wrestling trope, it would be either you people or coexistence, I think. Yeah. Uh, one of those two. Or maybe female tag teams being best friends. That's really, 
really coming up the charts for me. But I I do like her saying, I left my baby for, for yeah. you people. The problem is, like, I, a lot of people felt like this was super inauthentic. I don't feel like that. I feel like it's just forced, not because of who she is, but because everybody wanted to cheer for her, and now they're supposed to not. And MSG's a smart crowd, and they want to play along with that, right? So I don't mind the Hollywood thing. She was referencing McGregor before she came back, and when she did come back, this feels very McGregor to me. I think her and Seth Rollins go to a thrift shop every week and just pick out ridiculous outfits. I'm kind of for that. Um, I, I didn't hate the promo. I thought Bianca shined. I liked Bianca just being like, just sign the contract, Becky. Like, just sign it. Yeah. Like, we're not... So I loved that. I also loved commentary saying contract signings are great. Because <laughs> I hate them 90% of the time. Um, I, I didn't hate this as much as most people did for Becky. I think they are just having... They're bad at booking baby faces, so I don't want her to be a heel. I want her to be a baby face. So it's it's more the juxtaposition of that than the content of the promo for me. Like, I just think she she shouldn't be a heel. I think she should have turned heel in a single action that was not a squash match. Like, it's, I feel like creative was the heel in this feud, and that's a problem. Everybody wants to cheer for Becky. I know she requested to work heel. Make it a moment. Have her turn hard on someone whatever like this is not the path to get there and because of that muddiness i think these promos are not reading as well as they should bianca uh becky super chats coming in we got mark losper saying to steal from jim valley hashtag because of the fans runs in rollins family it's becky turn is hot trash get it off the tv it's just not natural yeah like it's uninspired they can do better than that Cliff Beard says, Kate wanting to get rid of terrible wrestling tropes now makes me want to see her on Going Straight to Hell with Ross Tweddle. <laughs> there you go. I think she'd be great on there. Hopefully she gets on there sometime. Fuck me. Bezos <laughs> says, Bianca got a great reaction. Becky got cheered during her entrance, but booed in the segment where Bianca caught the contract. So unbothered, we lost it. Bianca is effortlessly cool. Yeah. She's, just, she's so cool. And you know it's effortless because what? it's so readable. Like, it's it's um, a thing that you can't explain, I feel like, or teach. Like, it's it's really that uh, thing that she exudes and not necessarily what she's saying or how she even goes about her promos. It's just, like, the who she is-ness of her that makes her so cool. And I'm all for that. Yep. Main event of the show, but before that, Sawyer says, haven't seen SmackDown since before the move to Fox, but I'm happy to hear it slap tonight. Tony Khan must have not paid Sean enough for this week. It's a shame, right? Oh, it's a real man. shame. Then we get the Usos against the Street Profits, and I thought this was a great match with a bad ending. Yeah. Roman comes in, and he prevents the Usos from losing. To me, I'd just rather Roman sneak in hit a spear on Montez, and then the Usos pin. Don't give me a DQ. I don't need that. I don't need all that. But we got Colin Hedden talking about what's up after this. After the match, Roman Reigns raises some hell, and the Demon shows up. It's been a long time since we've seen the Demon Finn Balor. Colin says, what if Demon wins? E cashes in. There's a fatal four-way at Sands of Time. <laughs> Where Roman wins it back without pinning Brock. I think that is way too convoluted. I think they should set up 
they can do a lot of different things instead of just putting it all together. What were your thoughts on the match itself? Then we'll get at the the post match. Uh, match was great. I feel like anytime the Street Profits are in the ring, my mind is just blown by what Montez Ford can do. And the Usos, I feel like, are a perfect juxtaposition for them, style wise and ring smarts wise. Like this was a great match. Totally with you on the ending. And then to have Rampage open with a distraction, I hated, like, I double hated it because <laughs> I just saw a distraction ending. But um, the, the match itself was fantastic. I'm with you, though, especially in the main event of your show. Like, just have a clean finish. And this is the second week in a row, to your point, where, like, why didn't Cesaro just lose that week if the story was really going to be about what happened after it? You don't need to do a distraction finish. They don't have rankings here. You can do whatever the hell you want. So, uh I, I think it's terrible to do a distraction finish in a main event because that's supposed to be the most important thing that happens and arguably of anything that happens in the night should have the cleanest outcome. And on top of that, if the story is going to be that the demon Finn shows up, the, the win-loss piece of it isn't going to really hurt anyone because that's not the takeaway here. So I, I don't think a, a clean loss here would have hurt anybody. Uh, but I, I'm with you. <laughs> I... I don't get what they're doing with Finn, kind of. Like, he's at least in his promos alluding to the fact that somebody else just came in and took his contract, which is a good thing, because it means he's smart. I'm so excited to see the demon back, but I also feel like that even might be a little out of place here because the real-world circumstances that dictated him getting here were compelling enough. But... Uh, I'm, I'm very excited for Finn Balor to be in the title picture, whether he wins or not. I hope he wins. I think that would be a really cool person to put it on. Don't think he's gonna, but I, I am very excited to see for whatever he's going to bring down the pike here. One of the highlights of this was Montez working with one shoe and then chanting one shoe. Bezos says, don't know if this is during a commercial, but Montez took his shoe off, threw it in the crowd, and we all rushed for it and chanted one shoe. Oh, it made TV, my friends. Oh, yeah, it did. <laughs> Evan Wright says, didn't we get a DQ in Uso's Profits last week? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Rob Reed says, SmackDown ends with a great match with a bad ending. Rampage starts with a great match with a bad ending. Boy, ain't that the truth. Can't wait to talk about that. Uh, Bezos says, wish they showed this, but during the commercial, Usos and Profits had legit five-minute hug-off. Usos got booed. <laughs> the Profits hugged and got cheered. That's so good. I love it. That rules. I love it. And Colin <laughs> says, I don't know how to feel about the Demon coming back for a match. He definitely ain't winning. I mean, to me, I'm sorry. All due respect to the Demon, Roman Reigns is the hot hand. If you yeah. can put another feather in Roman Reigns' cap, I'm completely fine with that. All things must end, but yeah, I, I'm fine. I'd be fine with that. Do you think it's going to be a triple threat with Brock? Um, No, I don't. I think they'll do extreme rules, then Brock will get Sands of Time. He'll get, I'm sorry, what? I think they'll do... Sad. Oh, Sands of Time <laughs> by the shirt at shop.fightful.com. There you go. Oh, Jordan Scott says, just saw a young segment made it to ESPN. Job done. Yep. That was, I mean, that's why. That's why you do it. 
Totally. Unvask says, Becky's a stone-cold wannabe. She seems so fake and forced when she's talking. That's the bad thing about memorizing scripted promos. Seth sucks. Well, Becky's not a stone-cold wannabe. WWE wants her to be stone-cold. There it is. Um, Becky could do whatever she wanted and do it well if she was writing the promo. Stone-cold's heel turn didn't work either. Yeah. <laughs> and he had some really funny stuff. I think some of his most entertaining stuff was as a heel, but... Everybody rock. loved him. Robert Rob- said it last Friday. Intelligence, especially in the current WWE landscape, is going to get you cheered. Becky yes. is smart. That's not going to work right now. I completely agree. I completely agree. My God. We got Rob Reed saying, the SmackDown tonight showed why my main frustration with WWE has been, why can't we get this kind of show every time? Laziness, my friend. Nerd Guru says, I trust Becky to adjust her promo and or character. She's smart and knows what will get over even as a heel. I think so too. That's I have trust in her. I don't have trust in WWE. But you know what? I trust in Magic Spoon. Look, does this shirt have any business being as dope or as comfortable as it is? No. But you know what? Neither does Magic Spoon cereal. It's delicious. All the flavors you love. And look at this. Look at this. Kate Hensler modeling Magic Spoon. 13 to 14 grams of protein. Oh, it is low-carb, low GMO-free, grain-free, soy-free. Like four grams of net carbs. No sugar. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. And it's in, it's got all the flavors you love. You can go try a variety pack today, or you can customize your own box. And I mean all the flavors you love. And they're constantly adding new flavors. You can use the code FIGHTFUL at checkout and save $5 on your order. And they're so confident in their product. It comes with a 100% happiness guarantee. They are so confident that you will love it. You can get your money back if you don't like it for any reason. No hassle at all if you decide against it. Magicspoon.com slash Fightful. Use that code FIGHTFUL at checkout and get $5 off. This is legitimately uh, the cereal I eat every morning. I lost 20 pounds from April until I think it was August. And uh, I'm going to gain it all back this weekend celebrating. But you know what? I got so many boxes of Magic Spoon that I'm good to go because I'll be able to just lop it right off. You know what I mean? Magicspoon.com. Code Fightful. I just had some. It was delicious. It is delicious. It really is delicious. It was fantastic. We've got uh, love. I love it when our ads get super chats. Cliff Beard says, Pac-Man <laughs> Kate is the best Kate. Ms. Pac-Man to you. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I, listen, I got to say, I got a real issue with Pac-Man. What's and that? video video games in general. You know, people always said when you, when we were younger, you know, they, they blame video games for the violence and oh, all yeah. that stuff going on. But they would blame like Doom and GTA and stuff like that, right? I disagree. I think it was the innocent games, the, per, the seemingly innocent games, that made the bad influences. Look at Pac-Man. That man is running around chomping down pills on a diet of nothing but fruit. <laughs> and then he gets his wife in on the gig, and you got these ghosts following. What are they doing? I think he's pimping out Miss Pac-Man. Whoa. To, 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 to get his fix. To get his fix. And it doesn't stop there, Kate Hensler. Where does it go next? You got Sonic the Hedgehog running around. The man is on speed. He is 
he's like stealing his little brother's Ritalin prescription and just going full balls to the wall. Dr. Robotnik wasn't the villain. Dr. Robotnik was trying to do like an intervention on Sonic the Hedgehog. That's what's going on here. You got Super Mario and his brother Luigi, the brother's crackhead running around jumping on mushrooms, doing hallucinogenics. Like, oh yeah, you jump on a mushroom and all of a sudden you're going to get big and strong, right? You, you, You use that leaf and all of a sudden you can fly, huh? I don't even want to talk about Super Mario Brothers 2. That was a complete acid trip, this game. Yet he turned into a raccoon that could fly at one point. How does this happen? I think this is the gateway. This is there, was, what about was, the there's got to be something in Duck Hunt that we're missing the dog maybe collecting the ducks at the end I mean you are just shooting well I mean you're just pigeons, murdering but. stuff then I'm not exactly yeah. a vegetarian here but <laughs> <sighs> wow I have to go rethink some things I mean there's there's just so many things and I'm like all of my video game heroes were drug addicts in the past I'm just saying that's, that's what was happening Pac-Man walked so Robert Eats says Mario was taking shrooms and fire flowers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Darian Pittman says, damn, Sean, thanks for taking uh, my childhood to a dark territory here. <laughs> thanks. Well, you're welcome. Wake up, man. <laughs> Podcast with says, don't forget, Usos versus Profits was for the title. JW Pringle follows up my, um, my message with, everyone, please take care of your mental health. If you think you need help, please reach out. You're loved, worthy, and we need you here with us. See, it's not just after a bad Raw. It's just the message I want to spread. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of incredible resources. Uh, my wife and I try to do the NAMI walk every single year that, that raises some awareness in, in cities all across the country. But uh, follow them at NAMI Communicate. That's N-A-M-I Communicate. Uh, and they have a bunch of wonderful resources that can help you out or somebody that you care about. So uh, definitely, definitely check that out, and we we appreciate J.W. Pringle's message here. Um, <laughs> Louise telling Kyler to clip this. Yes, Kyler, if you're watching, please clip this. <laughs> Earthworm Jim was one big acid trip. I actually never played Earthworm Jim. Yeah. I don't even know what Earthworm. I was not like a big video game kid because my dad literally like would write us computer games and bring home computer wow. games from work. I don't even know what Earthworm Jim was. Earthworm Jim, like it's one of those good platform games. I didn't get to spend a lot of time um, playing it, though. Unfortunately, unfortunately, it sounds like a drug game. Earthworm yeah, I mean, Jim. I mean, they were all drug games. That's the point I'm making here. <laughs> oh man! But we had AEW Rampage. I was there live for this show. It was a fun live show, but it kicked off with Andrade and Pac in the ring, and I love that. You just see two bad sons of bitches in the ring. So much I loved about this match. It started slow, WWE style. Then it just went balls to the wall. Bless Andrade for making the Del Rio stomp spot make sense. Yes! And as good as this match was, I loved it. Every bit of it. Until the finish. Yeah. Until the finish. Um, Chavo comes in and hits Pack with an iPad. And this leads to Andrade after the match beating chavo's ass i'm sorry i just i just didn't need that finish i could have you win him in the ring you lose him in the ring 
And if you're over, you're over. What'd you think of this match and that terrible finish? Okay, the match ruled. Yes. Like, there are so many spots in it. I went to look at my notes, and I don't have a lot written down because I was just watching, which yeah. is usually actually a very good thing when I have less notes. I do think maybe they're opening a door for Ric Flair based on some of the stuff we saw on Wednesday and today. Hated, hated, hated that, especially with two guys that could have just used a clean win, like, either way. And yeah. it seems like this was being done to maybe set up running it back. I'm all for running this back since it got bumped for the pay-per-view. You didn't need to do this to run it back. And it was literally right on the heels of a bad finish on SmackDown. So I was I was like, oh, this is going to be the palate cleanser that we need. Because no way they're going to do something goofy with these two dudes. And then they did something goofy with these two dudes. However... The match was fantastic. I think if they are going to set up a rematch, it's one that I'm very interested in seeing. I did get a lot of people on Twitter excusing this ending and, like, not being so nice about the SmackDown ending. I was going to curse. I didn't. I'm working on it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, like, you can't do that. It, it's The three letters don't matter. A goofy ending like that, getting hit with an iPad is not great. Um, I, I get logically why it happened, but... Also, they did this at All Out twice. They did the dusty finish, right? And then in the Redeemed D's Nuts match, we had, uh, like, another, like, referee distraction thing. So it felt like a lot of, like, the ones at All Out, I felt like were oh, done really, yeah. really, really, really well. But a little redundant in that uh, there was just outside stuff there. And this match did not need that at all. Reminder, guys, get in your super chats, get your question or statement read on the air. Of course, a lot of the assumptions are, well, they're ditching Chavo for Ric Flair. Um, and we've we've got um, Brent Gillett saying Andrade has had more matches or more managers than he has wins in AEW in four months. Yeah, he's had three uh, managers. Ric Flair, if he comes in, I, I think he fits okay with Andrade. I know a lot of people are like, well, we don't want it to be like the AJ thing in TNA. Andrade was effortlessly cool before Ric Flair. Like, he didn't really need that. So, um, I think that Rick, and we honest to God know this isn't a forced thing. It's his father-in-law. Yeah. And Rick loves him. Rick was in Chicago to watch him this weekend. So, uh, I'm all for that. I don't know the name of the, the new manager, the guy that's with him, but... Chavo, it just wasn't working. Maybe Chavo can work for somebody else, but what I hope is that Andrade has actually been recruiting Pac and they team up to face the Lucha Brothers down the line. Because where where do Pac and Andrade fit in in the singles world right now? And tag teams are not a demotion in AEW. It's No, not at all. It's, it's not at all. So I would, I would love to see that. I like that idea, especially because it does seem like we may be headed the way of a trios division as mm -hmm. well. Like maybe they could have a third person step in with that. Uh, I just want to see Andrade wrestle more matches with normal finishes. Like he's an incredible talent and I thought it was a really big deal. They signed him and this whole thing just felt very stuck in the mud with everybody trying to adopt the Lucha Brothers. <laughs> it was like fighting over custody and then they ended up winning the tag titles, right? So um yeah i'm with you that tag teams don't feel like a demotion i was really hoping we would get andrade versus miro for the title at some point that yeah. feels like it has a like banger alert written all over it so i would love that but 
I just want to see Andrade wrestle more in normal. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Francis says, let wrestlers finish poses before playing uh, the NXT music. I don't know what that means, uh, but but let me know. Curious as what your thoughts on AEW letting hometown heroes go over while WWE typically likes for them to lose to generate heat. I think once in a blue moon, it should happen for heat. Yeah. But only if the crowd the next week will give a shit. Uh, the, the crowd in Miami did not care that Mustafa Ali got beat up in Chicago the week before. But the crowd in Miami might have looked at the reaction Mustafa Ali got in Chicago and said, oh, people like him. He's cool. I should. And you so, should, because he does rule. Yes. Like, he's fantastic. I love, I just, they're in the hometown, play into it anyway. Like, I thought the best thing that they did so far was Britt was going to be over in Britsburg, and they didn't make yeah. her be, like, super healy. They were like, she can be a face this week. It's going to be okay. The most, world will turn. Most people like where they came from. Yeah, and the people of that place like them. So I loved yep. what they did with Pillman these past two uh, episodes I thought that was really really fun I don't think it hurts Griff Garrison in any way like no. I think this is good I think this was good and I like that they treat their talent that way they had to do it with Starks too and he was a heel just they're gonna be happy in their hometown so that's it Elray Velez says Pack and Andrade was awesome just not a fan of the finish I'll let it play out I mean I won't even let it play out that finish sucked they didn't need to do that <laughs> it Rob... wasn't even good for a distraction finish no. I think it's the other part of it an iPad man an iPad of Rob all Reed the says, someone takes an iPad. <laughs> yeah, Rob says, uh, Rob Reed says, my only guess for them already having Andrade get rid of Chavo is that Flair's coming in. That's the assumption, but it's hardly confirmed. I'm going to work to find out. We do have a bunch of exclusive news going up on Fightful Select this weekend, per usual. I've been talking to people about like plans that didn't didn't happen with Daniel Bryan and WWE, so I think I might post something about that this weekend. I would uh, like that. So. Please post it for me as I am subscribed to Fightful Select. And I would also leave a thumbs up on this video. You should. You really should. <laughs> there's thousand, There's over a thousand of you watching. We got 229 likes. Leave some more. Uh, we've got Anthony Velasquez saying, great match to start Rampage, but I'm not down on Andrade turning on Chavo. They didn't really give Chavo being Andrade's manager a chance. It was, it was all right for a one-night thing. I just... I think you got to have somebody who is a great talker with Andrade. If Malcolm Bivens or MVP were available, I would say like one of them, but Malcolm Bivens just keeps getting tossed around. Poor guy. But yeah. I'm with you. I, we had Vicky and we've had Chavo and nothing has actually happened. That's my thing. It's like, you've had two managers who have done nothing for you. Really? You've had like a few matches and nothing has really happened. Do you want to read this one? I'm hitting Kate with an iPad Sunday to judge the realism of the finish. Oh, my friend Ryan, who I'm going to ring of honor with, that is rude. And I will counter it. That's rude. Because I saw it happen and you told me the spot. Hit the L2 button and you'll, you'll reverse it. Just make sure you time it right. Thank you. Uh, we have a bunch more super chats. Boris um, talks about the Adam Cole, Brian Danielson interviews and says Cole trusting the elite with his life seems bad. I like it. <laughs> Him being a part of this adds so much more juice to them. And then we got the Darby Allen sting promo. Um, Darby saying uh, like dropping, dropping the shit bomb and then yeah. getting, getting attacked 
by Sean Spears. Tully was all right. Sting, you know, playing off of history, saying, oh, you know, of course, somebody else fighting your battles, you fighting other people's battles for them. This was harmless to me. It was a good way to build up what they're doing. I agree. Uh, And I think it's fair to swear when you're quoting the S word on the show. Yeah, fair. I prefer carny bullshit to piece of shit, but either way, it's it's worked. This was this was fine. This was harmless, and I think you might be seeing a lot of matches like this on Rampage where it's building stuff, but the implications aren't necessarily moving things forward a ton. That's actually kind of how SmackDown and Raw used yeah. to be way back when, where it was like, this isn't really elevating storylines, but they're going to continue through and they're going to be entertaining matches. I'm okay if that's how Rampage is going to get used for a lot of stuff, except for maybe like this is their trio's place or whatever. Like the thing that you're always going to tune into Rampage for. So this was a really solid match. Not a ton of stakes. I thought Sting did well. Like you said, Tully was fine. (laughs) But yeah, this this was benign and entertaining. I'll take it. Chuck Cassis says, "With the show and was at the show in Cincy and couldn't find you, SRS. Very sad. I missed your brother. Maybe next time, man. I hope so. I hope that AEW comes here often. Uh, I'll be at Arthur Ashe in a couple weeks, so I won't be on that post show. I'm trying to get Jimmy to move the list and your boy to that Friday. That way, I can talk about the experience there. So uh, I look forward to seeing some of you guys. How did he miss you? You're so tall. I know. I, so funny enough, there was a guy two rows up from me, and he was a shoot, like six seven. And he turns around and he goes, Sean? I was like, yeah. And I almost said, take a picture with me and let me stand on something. Because <laughs> he was real tall. He was super tall. A very nice guy. Like, can't teach that tall. Yeah. (laughs) Doc Howard says, I can't wait for your cultural analysis and critique of Pong after that Pac-Man masterpiece. (laughs) Cliff Beard says, Kate, imagine an earthworm goes into a superhero suit and goes on an adventure fighting space crows, evil cats, Queen Bee Lard butt, his sidekick is a werewolf puppy, or puppy, and oh, flying cows. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a fun game from what I played. I just didn't get to play it. Guys. That is like the drug trip that Mario is on. Yes. Perfect. This is what he sees. That's it. Kate, your your thoughts. Oh, actually, that's one about me. Alicia Ellis says, Kate's thoughts on Brian Cage. Um, Melissa Santos said that she didn't like how he was being used. He said, hey, that's her opinion. She's more than welcome to share it. You're more than welcome to share your opinions. What'd you think? I feel like he gets used a lot. And I feel like he hasn't been all that great so far like i'm kind of underwhelmed by him i feel like he needs a specific type of opponent to be great in a match and i i don't know what her complaints were about because she's he's been pretty well involved in in this storyline with the ftw belts and that's recently split but sometimes it takes a minute to find things for people especially when you have adam cole sam punk and daniel bryan coming at the company at the same time so i disagree for two reasons the first being i don't think he's not being used that much and two i just don't think he's been overwhelmingly impressive so far from what i've seen yeah he's he's had like 15 matches outside the company that are better than his best match in AEW. that yeah that's a really good point Cliff Beard says, SRS taller than almost. The truth is the truth. That is true. Yeah. Uh, Matt Eager says, my dad is 6'6 and will be at Arthur Ashe. So you're moving. I mean, what? I won't have to move anywhere. He'll have to, he'll, he'll ask me to move because he won't be able to see over my head. There it is. Yeah. 
Uh, we've got Ryan Evans saying, did you notice Adam Cole not mentioning the Good Brothers when putting over the Elite, thinking they will get kicked out? No, I think a lot of people are reading too much into that. Adam Cole has n- like almost no experience with these guys. Like you, I know a lot of people see the Bullet Club connection, the Elite connection, all that. He's had zero matches with or against them. He joined Bullet Club three months after they left for WWE. So they yeah. they never crossed paths before that. He doesn't have a ton of experience there. So you're so wrong. That was a slight at them. Yeah, no, I disagree so hard. Wow. I think it was so intentional. And I think we're eventually gonna get a Bullet Club remix against the elite in blood and guts. <sighs> And I think Adam Cole was telling a story and they're nuanced. And if this was WWE product, I'd agree with you. But I think Adam Cole did it on purpose. Adam Cole looked at Carl and he said, I don't like that you tweeted that WWE sucked. (laughs) Do you think Kevin Owens stays or leaves? I think it's 50-50. Rob Rob Reed says, I think it's very telling that Cage has been overshadowed by everyone in Team Taz. And that includes Hook. Yes. (laughs) When when Cage got signed there, I I wasn't sure how the fit would be. So I can't say I'm surprised. He's very talented, but I just didn't know what the fit would be there. I um, will say when they got Starks, I was like, he's going to be the guy. Like, if you saw what he was doing on NWA, you're, that is, in my head, like, steel of the century kind of talent. He's fantastic. So I'm not surprised that Starks has outshined him because I am yeah. just very much in the Starks camp. But but understandable about Hook, yeah. <laughs> um, by um, going... Um, through these super chats, Evan Wright says, need Chucky e. T on Rampage so he can say the S word. That would be nice. That would be nice. And Josh says, thought Rampage was a ton of fun. Easy hour of wrestling to watch each week. Also, SRS, thank you for hiring Kate, my favorite new follow on Twitter. She is good at Twitter. Thank you. She's very good at Twitter. We have a bunch of super chats for Jamie Hayter, Reba, Britt against Ruby Soho, Riho, and Chris Statlander. But I want to know, how'd you feel about this match? I really liked this. Um, there were spots, there were a few spots that seemed rough, but I, I'm just excited. It seems like they care about the division. Like there are storylines being built that are leading to feuds and they're being sustained through multiple episodes. Real sad that that is not like the norm, but it's becoming the norm. It feels like Jamie is ridiculous. Like I, I, tweeted that I don't know if I want to be her if I want to marry her if I want to go to the gym with her like she is just going to be I think such a star and when she turns on Brit eventually that's going to be amazing to me uh Riho kind of felt like the odd woman out in this a little bit she's a great worker it just seemed like things were a little bit disjointed in some of her spots but overall I'm just encouraged to see some follow-through with women's storytelling and it looks like they may have even used the women's casino battle royal to set up other storylines, which was my biggest complaint that they didn't do it in the tag team tournament that they had, and they didn't do it in the Joshi tournament. Those led to absolutely nothing. So I'm more, the match was solid enough. I'm more excited that it seems like we're seeing some follow through with storytelling in the Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. In the women's division. Well, we have a, a bunch of super chats. Boris wants to see Hader and Statlander in a match. I just want to see more women wrestling, at least three women's matches a week yeah. on, on there. In uh, So Grace says, sorry I missed you. And Cincy was three rows back from Aunt Linda. The show was great. Wasn't even tired by the end. That was that was a cool shout out by Punk. Uh, Rob Reed says, I don't understand how Vince had Ruby as a heel for basically her entire time on the main roster. She's the purest baby face. She is because she she loves wrestling and she loves the reaction. She lives for it. And God almighty, that song is already over. It's played a few times and it's already over. The crowd sings it to her after it stops. Vince saw that she had different colored hair and looked punk, and so that means you're a heel. Funny story. When I talked to a recent WWE release after Ruby got fired, they said, watch, Vince is going to call up Shotzi because she's got green hair and he thinks he can replace her. Yeah. Evan says, give me more Riho foot stomps off Statlander. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, New Punk Rant says, AEW is just amazing. I always want more. Ruby's my favorite wrestler and theme. Pillman was great. I just want more AEW. Well, they give you plenty of it, and they're going to Universal on Saturday. So, I mean, that's that's good news for you. Uh, Evan Wright says, what a tale of two shows. Hometown people getting matches cut versus hometown people winning and celebrating. Six-woman tag match ruled, and Jamie Hayter ruled. Jamie is amazing. She's a sirloin beef sons of bitch too. She looks <laughs> like if if you like run it if like if she bumps shoulders with you, you're taking a you're taking a fall there. It's dislocated if you bump yes. shoulders with her. I want her and Chris and just like a brick house <sighs> match, man. So bad. I would love to see Jamie and Camille face each other, like oh, do an yeah. interpromotional thing there. Ruby's excitement is dope. Just hugging everyone says Doctor Six Fingers Esquire. And Mark Losper says love Dynamite, love Rampage. Sure, WWE exists, but on the more important thing. Thoughts on the Matrix Resurrections trailer? Haven't seen it. I'll watch it tonight. I promise. But we also had Brian Pillman Jr. versus Max Caster. This was very straightforward. They cut some promos. They set it up. And they got the hometown boy a win in his main event. But that wasn't it. Because afterwards, Bowens, who is super underrated because Max Caster gets all the credit, he attacks and John Moxley makes the save and that place came unglued. You will not disgrace the good name of Skyline Chili <laughs> in my hood. You won't do it. It's way better than Gold Star. Gold Star does have better better burgers and other food, but what? What is Skyline Chili? It is the thing that just got you fired from this show. Thank you. Okay, but I don't know. Is it the- Muted! 
Kate is muted. John Moxley makes That's the, the other show. <laughs> John Moxley makes the save. This was awesome. And afterwards they sang the Skyline song, which you will have to look up on Google. I'm sorry. Why can't you um, just tell me if it's, is it the dish itself? Is it the place? They make, okay, they make really great hot dogs with chili on top of it. And Skylines is better because it's a little bit sweeter. Gold Stars is uh, a bit more like spicy and uh, bitter. Skylines, okay. got, Skylines got the better cheese and Gold Star has better cheese or good cheese too. But Skylines is a little sweeter. Now you and just ro- educated the people. There you go. Rob Reed says it was so awesome to see Pillman wearing the Bengals gear. And sorry, Sean, Skyline sucks. Well, sorry, Rob. You are put in time out for five minutes. Uh, when I was little, like, there are pictures of me beating up my Ted DiBiase wrestling buddy. And I'm wearing, like, my Bengals jersey because I thought that's what people from here, like, our area did because Brian Pillman wore Bengals gear. And he was a Bengals player. So I was like, oh, that's cool. I'll wear mine, too. Uh, this was harmless. It was a great way to end the night, I thought. Yeah, I really liked this, and it has been nice while Max Caster was out. I feel like Bowen's really shined on a lot of dark, and I hope people are starting to realize how fantastic he is. Uh, he's been in Jersey in the independent scene, and I'm in Jersey watching the independent scene, so yes. I've gotten to see a lot of his matches. I hope that the place comes unglued for him at Newark when he comes out. That would be great. Um, but I I feel like he had some some kind of more eyes on him with the work he was doing on dark. And so to see him get to like run in and, and do a, a post-match beatdown, I thought was great. And then to have both hometown guys be out there was so nice. And there was so much hype going into it about Moxley yeah. and not a ton about Pillman. So it was really nice that they went out of their way on both shows to, to make a point of that. So I was, I was super happy about this show. Um, I'm very passionate about the Lexington Cincinnati area. I grew up in between both of them. And I mean, like, even when I wrestled, I very rarely got to wrestle in Kentucky because there are so many hurdles with the commission and licensing shows and everything. So we would run Cincinnati, Portsmouth, Aberdeen. We'd run River Towns. And um, Cincinnati is a really good wrestling city. They took a Starcade there in 2018, and it sold so well that the next year, WWE was like, let's do a December 26 house show. And those are usually reserved for New York City, Detroit, Chicago, major cities. So to see them come here was really cool. And for like 20 years, we didn't really have much of anybody, it felt like, in this area. Like there was Hillbilly Jim and Eugene claimed the area and Jillian Hall, but there weren't a lot of local like stars from this area. And now there's Larry D over in Impact doing really, really good. And Alex Zane popped up and was doing good. Uh, Jessamine Duke got signed and is out of wrestling now. But we got John Moxley and Brian Pillman and even Carl Anderson, if you're into that kind of thing. Uh, like we've, <laughs> we've got real options. It makes me very, very happy. And uh, I want to see this area do so much better. So I was happy to see this, happy to see the turnout, and happy to see the love they showed Cincinnati. It, was, it meant a lot to me. Sawyer says, does TK know somebody put more than two women on the show in one match? Crazy. Cliff Beard says, give me a four-way of Jade, Chris, Layla, and Jamie in a female Haas slugfest match. So hear me out. A match that I have pitched for Bloodsport, I want to see Jessamine Duke, who we haven't seen wrestle a lot, but has done MMA, 
six feet tall against Layla Hirsch. Oh, I want to see that. I want to see the four foot ten, four foot nine, like badass against this six foot tall, untapped potential woman. So before Layla started showing up on AEW programming, I had seen her mm-hmm. work at the Collective where she was fighting yeah. some really big dudes. I thought her match with Camille at Empower was one of Camille's best matches it because was. of what Layla did with her. I love seeing Layla against opponents of any size. I think her style is so unique and she doesn't let her size become a factor. So I'm all for that. Uh, guys, keep the super chats rolling in. We are about to wrap up though. Bezos says, I forgot to mention this earlier, but Bianca SmackDown is in Bianca's hometown next week. If they want to pull the trigger on heel Becky, that's the place. Oh, they're going to have her leave Bianca laying. Yep. Any update on full gear moving from St. Louis? Uh, the way that that Tony indicated is that it wouldn't be in St. Louis. Volob says, have you seen the fight supercut of Rampage? No downtime for ads. For international viewers, the show ended in 43 minutes. Well, it sounds like I'm going to be watching that version of the show from now on. That's, that's that the way bad. it works. That's <laughs> the way it works. That uh, ain't bad. These hour but, shows are awesome. ROH is an hour two, and they just like they yep. fly so fast. It rules. I love a lot of what ROH has done during the pandemic. Me too. Bezos says, credit to Naomi. She posted a video of her outside of Sonya's door and captioned, been doing this all night. We wanted Naomi. They're playing off of it. They're playing off of we want Naomi. They're playing off of her being overlooked. And I think it's great. It's subtle, but it's not subtle. And Naomi's really good at this. Naomi is like, she's so talented, but she has been overlooked. We know this to be true, Kate. What have you thought of this? Because I I haven't got to hear you talk about this much lately. Yeah, Naomi has been overlooked. Anytime something organically comes up in wrestling and you play into it, I feel like that's a really good thing and kind of why it's an art form. So Naomi's been overlooked since before her last championship reign, arguably, because she wasn't booked well during her reign. She is such an important piece of what happened. And I think because of the four horsewomen, she doesn't get enough credit because she came up as like a funkadactyl or whatever, but she's great in the ring. She's super athletic. I would love to see the story that everybody's leaning into of her joining the bloodline against yep. uh, Street Profits and Bianca situation. It's just, she's fantastic. And so to see other people half in kayfabe and half out take note of that, I think is, is great because she's fantastic. Alicia Ellis said, anyone see Kip Sabian's video? Wonder if he comes after Miro. I don't know. I know a lot of people look back at that Miro story and they think it wasn't necessary. I think it was very necessary to show that he had a a softer side. But Kip, I have always thought highly of him because he he held court so well at those first Double or Nothing media scrums. Like, he was so good at those. And I'm not sure what the new gimmick is, but he was in Chicago. I, I saw him several times around there. He was at the Fan Fest, so... Hope he does something very well over there. But um, yeah, yeah, he I had think, some start and stop syndrome too because he was paired, of course, with Jimmy Havoc, who's no longer with the company for not great reasons. But it just seems like he's been a victim of like, we do something and then we stop it. Yeah. We do something and then we stop it. Sean Spears had that going too and they found a place for him. So that's great. <clears throat> I hope they figure out something with him. The stuff with Miro, I just felt was, it went yeah. on very long. So It did. The, the best friends feud was way too long. Yeah. Um, I thought that Miro turning in that fashion was important. Having that was important because you could see how charming he was, but you could see that he could also rip your spine out of your asshole and he could do it to your best. <laughs> like he'd do it to his best friend. So we'll do it to anybody. 
Yes. Um, guys, I want to thank you all so much. You all have been so nice to me today and in general. Kate, I want to thank you because you have been like just taking over anytime I've had to step out. You, Alex, Robert have been killing it. Uh, you, the, After your first show, Alex approached me and he said, what do you think about having Kate on Tuesdays? And I said, I love that idea. And you guys have been doing awesome. You've already... You've already got your own fans here on Fightful, which I adore because you're fitting in so well with us. I feel like every single day I'm messaging Kate and I'm like, I'm so glad to have you on this team. Uh, like, And I think it's important because we, quite frankly, don't want to be the middle-aged white guy wrestling <laughs> network. I think it is important to have Kate Hensler. It is important to have Denise. It is important to have TK Trinidad on these shows. It's important to have like Emily Heller guest on these shows. It is very important to have these female voices, and I think you're killing it, Kate. Thank you so much. And I will just return and say that everybody at Fightful has made it very, 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 very easy to come in and feel comfortable doing this and just feel warm and loved. And I think you should get all the credit that you deserve because you really have created such a wonderful team like Robert and I had our first show on Friday. It was so easy and so much fun. Like everybody that's been involved that I've met has been just so welcoming and made it very easy to feel comfortable to come in and do a good job. So thank it, you to that because it starts at the top. It makes me really happy because without, I'm trying not to sound like an egomaniac. When I wouldn't be on the shows, the viewers would not be there. And now when I'm not on the shows and people know that Kate is going to be on the shows, <laughs> Viewership goes up. So what we're going to do here is we're going to mute Kate. We're going to mute Kate. But um, ridiculous outfits. That's all people want, guys. But <laughs> legitimately, if I ever message Kate or if I ever message Alex, I'm like, listen, I got to travel. They always step up. And guys, I did hear you about the scrums. I know the video quality wasn't great. What I'll be doing from now on, I'll be live streaming them and I'll be recording them. And if you want the recorded versions that will go up later that night, youtube.com slash Fightful Scraps. If you guys haven't subscribed to Fightful Scraps, you should do that. We have a bunch of clips from all of our interviews, show clips. Our video game rant will be on there, I'm sure, tomorrow. <laughs> uh, but the, the individual scrums will go up there. The full scrum will go uh, on this channel, which is more of a live streaming platform. But Kyler is killing it over there. YouTube.com slash fightful scraps we got bezo bank saying zelina mella and Liv practically tweeted their frustration this sucks yes it does but you guys don't suck you all sent some very nice things uh rob reed said congrats on the new contract jacob reed said congrats on the new deal and lonnie barker said congrats sean it's much deserved your hard work shows and everything you do at fightful keep it up um guys it means an awful lot that you guys support us because i said this earlier on the q a show we are largely like the PBS of, <laughs> of wrestling. Like we don't have 20 years of SEO from like the nineties and early two thousands that we can rely on for banner ads and all that. I didn't want to do a paywall. I was completely against it. I didn't want to do super chats. I was completely against it. And then we did it and you guys supported it. So that means an awful lot because I know that you guys have a lot more important shit to spend money on than wrestling news. But, um, Thank you all very much because I wouldn't be able to, to be in the position I am without you guys supporting us. I wouldn't be in the position to hire people like Kate or Denise or 
uh, give Jeremy raises. And I mean, all of our staff, not only do we hold on to all of them last year, everybody on our team either got a promotion or a raise last year. And that was because you guys supported us so much. We ran a Christmas bonus stream where we gave our super chats to our, to our staff and you guys went all out for that. That means so much. So when time came to talk with Jimmy multiple times this year, I was like, yeah, I want to be here and I want to be here for good. So he was like, Hey, how about eight years? And I said, cool, where do I sign? Let's do it. So, um, I'm very, very happy to be here and very happy that I get to hang out with you guys. Thank you. And we got a couple more super chats before we wrap up. Injection says, I want to see Liv in AEW. I love her. I think she'd be a great fit. And Hannah says, do you think Sonya's first match back will be against Naomi? I think it should be. Yeah. I, I think they so. should build that. They should really build that. Kate, tell the people where they can find you. Well, for the next couple weeks, you can find me at AEW in Newark and at Arthur Ashe. I'm so excited for both of those shows. As We're gonna, well as I'm going to get a Mark picture with you. Yeah, we are. I'm going to reveal how tall Sean is. It's going to be on Fightful mm -hmm. Select. It'll be great. I'm also going to ROH on Sunday. So if you're going to live events in the area, come hang out with me. Uh, but you can follow me at Kate on Deck IC on Twitter. You can also catch me on the Mark Order podcast Wednesday nights right after Dynamite. Uh, and Sour Graps on Tuesdays with Alex, and every Friday right here with Sean and other people when he's traveling because he works real hard. Yes, <laughs> but I, I'm not traveling too much. I think I got asked to go to Vegas a couple times next month, and I'm not doing it. I'm doing <laughs> Arthur Ashe this month. If New York has media for SummerSlam, I'll do that, or Survivor Series, I'll do that. But I think besides Arthur Ashe, the next thing I'm like really definite going to is – wrestlecade in north carolina i'll be there i'll actually have a, a setup for interviews there but yeah and may, maybe full gear depending on if they ever tell us where the hell it is hard to make travel plans where they don't tell you where the location is. it is guys leave us a thumbs up i'll be back here tomorrow night with with steven and doug and rob wilkins we're gonna watch this trash fire of a boxing card we love these freak show fights Intangible One says, will Kate be doing karaoke yes. after Arthur Ashe? I mean, yep. if it's a thing, hell yeah. I, it doesn't need to be anywhere, but I will just sing. Just wherever sing. Wherever you want. <laughs> Until next time, guys, we're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.